We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived, and we are only a few weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. So make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in their $100,000 Bracket Madness Challenge starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the best place to be there for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Carla Navis, and with me today is our statistician and professional photoshopper. No, not statistician, professional photoshopper. I'm sorry, I was excited for Chris. I'm very happy right now, guys. It's our uh, it's our anime lover, professional photoshopper, Brass Jazz. What's up, everybody? But oh. I got to give a little backstory on that. The reason Gianni has so much like happiness running coursing through his veins right now is he just got on like this five minute rant about his favorite anime characters and the posters that is like behind him that yeah, we, yeah. we have to look at whenever we're in these meetings with him yeah. these video chats and not one moment this entire heat season has he ever been this excited about the team 
I'm gonna and you're gonna introduce our next person in a second, but I was explaining who Edelgard was from Fire Emblem and how obsessed I am. And if you follow my other account at Subtitled Anime, you know that all I tweet about is Edelgard and Edelgard fan art, and I'm just very into Fire Emblem right now. Um, also with me today, it's our Sunshine Pumper, Lefty Leif. Yo, peace, love, and positivity, but not about that shit you were just talking about. Like, <laughs> let's right. completely pivot to the next uh, topic immediately. Immediately, we're leaving by Fire Emblem and Edelgard. Remember, we are part of the Blue Wire Sports Network. Check out our family of shows at Blue Wire. We love and support our family. Guys, the Heat defeated the best team in the league. They have won the season series so far 2 to nothing, with one game left against the Bucks, against reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, against all-star Chris Middleton, against Houdini, Eric Bledsoe, and against <laughs> George Hill and his nutless groin. Uh, shout out to Goran, who did that and then wanted a foul. <laughs> what a legend, <laughs> lifer. And then Giannis is the one that helped him off the court and not his teammate. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, they gave him a flagrant one today, right? Did they? Yeah, they did. They hooked so. him yeah. up. Yep. They, <laughs> they hooked up George Hill. It, it, it's the right call. Um, guys, that, you know, uh, I was telling Leif before we got on the show. I went on Anthony Collada's, uh, his radio show down here in Miami, and you can check him out on the Levitar show. He's part of the shipping container. Went on his radio show yesterday, and I said, Anthony, for the first time this whole season, we're going into a game, and I don't think that he'd have any chance to win. I found myself, I could talk myself into them winning any game, even against the Lakers, against the Clippers on the road, against any team. I can talk myself into, they have a chance. I went into last night thinking, there's just no chance that they could win. The Bucs are just too good. The Heat are reeling. The defense is leaking. I don't know where they're going to be able to score against the Bucs. Jimmy Butler looks out of it at times. He has a lot going on personally. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what they can do. And they come out there and they play the best defense anybody has all season against Giannis. They come out like gangbusters or shooting the ball. Granted, a little bit above what they can normally do, but they hit. They knock down open shots. That's what the Bucks give. They took what the defense gave them. And I don't know if you guys are as shocked as I am, but I watched that game stunned. No. Uh, I mean, there's a couple things here. One, obviously it's a huge win, and we're shocked because Milwaukee's been unbelievable all season. They've only lost nine games, two of which came to – you know, came at the hands of the heat, but you, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like the heat were going to definitely get up for that game. It's at home. Um, obviously Milwaukee was on the second night of a back to back. So there were factors there where I could talk myself in. Well, I can talk myself into any heat victory, but, <laughs> but I definitely thought that they, they could get that one. I just think it's, it, it's funny to, um, to watch the way that the, the ups and downs of the season go. Cause like just a week ago, we were so dejected rightfully so there were a lot of reasons to be totally uh in pain and then they went they you know reel off three straight against two good teams you know dallas is definitely a good team milwaukee came in and i don't know man when you see bam like square up against Giannis and uh he can stay in front of him and he's as big as him there's there's just some interesting matchups with those two teams i they Everybody, I think the book on Giannis right now is to build that wall defensively, kind of make him make tough passes, shoot the ball. I mean, Miami was really, really daring him to shoot threes, and he did not punish them at all. Um, and the best defensive teams are doing that. I thought the more interesting thing was not defensively because I think everyone knows the plan. It's that they were able to execute offensively to the point that the Bucks decided that Duncan Robinson was not going to be a factor in this game. 
and that was clearly part of Bud's game plan. And they had a they had a guy stuck to him the entire time. They made his life a living hell. And credit to Duncan, man, guys, the way that he was moving through screens, the way he was passing out of help, I was. I came away most impressed with how Duncan handled that with such poise. He was never a negative on the court. He was able to be the decoy that they needed. They were running three, four, multiple actions in the same play for him, and they were able to get good looks at the end of all of it because of his passing and intuition. Like, that is player development at its finest. Last year, he could not do that. This isn't crazy. Yeah, I mean, they developed, and I mean, he obviously offensively, he's just been a monster this season, but you know in those moments he can really he can really in that game in particular i mean we really saw him kind of shine there um and there really wasn't any deficiencies anywhere this game i just have to say was just a complete joy to watch i mean this is this is as old school uh, like 90s basketball game that you're going to see with the addition of like a million three point shots <laughs> but still i'm talking like that grittiness I mean, and the refs were swallowing the whistle. They weren't up until about four minutes ago, and then Tony Brothers started going nuts on the on the whistle. And I, I thought the refs were gonna legend. You know, the refs it were felt gonna like let, a playoff g- game, man. Bucks, but I, it really, it, it really did. But the, I mean, toe to toe, man, the whole game, and they really got they they definitely got in Giannis's head in this game. You know, I I was saying like the Heat were able to out physical the Bucks. The Bucks are the most physical team in the league. Those guys rough you up. They're, the Brooke Lopez in the paint has been spectacular. Giannis is not afraid of anybody. Those guys play really on, like up on you. Look at the way they different screens, how aggressive they were, kind of going over and all that. And the Heat out physicaled them, which I did not think they had that in them. That's to me the most encouraging thing. Like maybe this is going to spark something in this team that, like, hey, like this team used to play with a lot of edge. To start the season, they were angry, they were hungry, they played with edge, and they started off super hot defensively, and maybe a little bit of that kind of went away with some of the success that they had. Obviously, the, all these guys work really hard, but sometimes you just can't reproduce that that hunger that you have early on, and they found like this, there was something there that wasn't the, like the physicality, the, the aggression. Man, those guys, um, Dave Dufour of The Athletic pointed this out. The Heat foul like on every possession, and they're gonna force the refs to call every single foul because you can't call every foul. And that no. was the that was kind of the point he was making that they're being ultra aggressive. They're putting their hands everywhere. You love to see it. <laughs> no, and like that's why I I know I sound like I'm trying to be the measured Heat fan here when obviously y'all know that I get as emotionally invested in all this as anybody. But there's just something to be said for when the playoffs come and like that's the kind of setting that the heat is going to flip the switch with. And I don't mean flip a switch and like rattle off a bunch of series wins and win a championship. That's not what I mean. It's more about like, you know, when justice Winslow would play in the regular season and then all of a sudden in the playoffs, there would be like a different vibe to him. I feel like this team has a lot of those same elements, which it sucks that justice isn't a part of that. Uh, shouldn't open up that can of worms. But, <laughs> um, like essentially that's why I've, I haven't been worried throughout these like few weeks of, of bad play, maybe a month and a half, whatever it's been, because you feel like when it, they start to get physical, they swallow the whistles, the teams are getting chippy, the games are on national TV, the stadium is is packed you know, and loud. Like I feel like those intangible things kind of play into what the Heat was doing early on in the season. Uh, they'll be, they're going to be doubted again. 
And, you know, if you think back all the way through heat history, whether it's like the old school Zimmy, listen, Zimmy, Zoe and Timmy teams, like they lost four out of six. They lost seven out of 10. Uh, I think like even during the big three era in the last season, they probably lost maybe 13 or 14 out of the last 30 or 25 games. Like we've seen this before and the team's still successful. So that's where when you see like these stretches where they kind of struggle, yeah, I, I just don't see why we overreact to it. Guys, the Bucks did not lead. They only led in the first quarter by the mo- by the highest margin was three. The Heat led the entire way from there from the first from the end of the first quarter on uh, to as much as seventeen. Well, f- only five lead changes, and that was all in the first quarter. And then after that, the Heat just dominated, particularly in the second half. But there was something so spe- so special about this game that I never felt like it was really slipping away. I mean, you you, you know, we're always looking f- for that third quarter to happen. Uh, or as of late, that fourth quarter collapse, but you know it didn't happen. And but even even if it were tightening up at some point, the game was just so damn fun to watch, man. I just can't get over it. it was just I I need more of that because so many of these games lately, like you know, like I said on the last pod I was on, you know, I, I wouldn't like you know hitting the panic button, you know, sound the alarm yet. I was more just annoyed. And I gotta be honest, I'm still as annoyed at those games as now after this win as I was then because it's an annoyance. It wasn't like a. It, it was. It was more like a. You know, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> that, that's it. That's the parent in you, brass. It is. It is. That's I was just so fucking disappointed in so many of those dumb, dumb losses as of late. That to see this, it's like you know, it's your your kid bringing home like a you know A on the report card. I'm like, I knew you. I knew you had it in you. You know, well, and that's, that's how I feel you right know, now. early in the season when they were like squeaking out those close games and they were beating every team they were supposed to beat and uh, they were winning every overtime game. Like we had to think that that was going to regress to some degree. So that's why I just feel like, although as frustrating as it was, it's not like the point in the season where we say, oh, this is a waste. What a failure of a team that this is. Listen, yeah, the, only, the, only, the only thing not regressing at any point is uh, Jake Crowder shooting. Never. No. Shooting what is this seventy five percent since he got here? Amazing. We go in so- four years, fifty two million. <laughs> <laughs> Riley's gonna give surprise. Riley didn't lock him up for four years last night. Yo, every Heat fan is having like PTSD right now. They're like, no, please no. <laughs> Can I tell you? This kind of reminded me of the JJ. Remember when JJ came back to the lineup? How he became a sharpshooter? It kind of it, it feels like shades of that. I don't listen. I don't think. I don't think Jay has to be a 45% three-point shooter or whatever, whatever the hell he's doing. Um, I think as long as he can be a little bit above league average, 35%-ish, I think that's exactly what they need. It makes him a plus offensive player. It makes him a spacer that you have to respect, the guy that can clearly get hot. As long as he, he's a career like low 30 shooter, and I think every year outside of one contract year, he's he struggled from, 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 uh, from deep. If he could get to, if he can maintain around thirty-five percent, they don't need him to be elite. They just need him to be slightly above league average, kind of what Kendrick Nunn is. That goes such a long way, especially with those lineups where they throw out him, Kelly, um, well, together. Yeah, they're, they're getting some of that magic back, some of that Boston magic there. Let me tell you, Matt. Oh, Kelly's the one that I think is shooting. I'm sorry, it wasn't Jay that's shooting seventy-five percent. It's Kelly that's shooting seventy-five percent from three since the All Star break. I'm fired. Listen, as I as I review these advanced statistics since. Crowder arrived in Miami. He's third in the league in net culture rating. So, I mean, obviously, he's doing something right. That's right. 
he inhaled that culture. Dude, that guy, he really gets it. That guy really fits into what they wanted. Like, he's a heat guy. Jimmy's a heat guy. He's a heat guy. They fit really seamlessly into everything that we want. They're I know They're going to rename the school Mark Culture. <laughs> Wes Matthews is another guy that, that would fit in as a heat guy. That's a culture guy, even after that Achilles injury. Um, you know, Leif, we were, we were talking a little bit post-show about kind of Jay Crowder, and that guy's been in a lot of winning situations. He played under Rick Carlisle, who's obviously a great coach, championship coach. He played under Brad, Brad Stevens, who's a really good coach. Quinn Snyder, excellent, excellent coach. Was on a, a finals team with LeBron. Uh, and he was on that Memphis squad that plays really tough. Like, th- and Leif, what you were saying, he's managed to carve out minutes for himself despite not being a good shooter on those teams, on all of those rotations. Yeah, I mean, he is what he is. Like, we know what kind of player he is, and obviously, I don't think he's going to shoot like this forever. It'll probably be halfway through the second round that we start to see some sort of regression, <laughs> and then we're all going to be screaming about it. But be a jo- ultimately, jo like when you see that all those great coaches that he's played with and on all those winning teams, he's carved out a role and been a rotation player. He's obviously going to find a spot in this rotation. He's been, you know, I think obviously better than advertised, but uh, a player that they definitely are going to be able to use and hopefully can convince to take a one-year deal as they line up for 2021. Brass, you were going to make a Joe Johnson joke? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I saw it coming, that. dude. I, I saw get... your face. That that regression is gonna come in this well, the second round. It's just gonna it's gonna hit. But maybe not. Hey man. Keep Joe, it up. Joe Johnson esque. Um let's talk about Kelly Olinick because I think he's been kind of the unsung hero of this three game winning streak and about kind of their recent turnaround. Um, that was a really good win against the Mavs. That was a really, really quality win mm-hmm. against a team that's that's, you know, record wise, very similar to Miami, has a superstar. Um, like that's a that's a really good team, and that was a good home win. Uh, kind of bouncing back after after that Minnesota. Well, a, a, a good win. way to beat the the Mavericks every time you play them is to injure Luca. That seems to be our our thing this year. <laughs> yeah, because so he got hurt. Uh... <laughs> Yo, you know he's got to like when he comes to the arena, and then him and Goran are both there, and then all of Slovenia shows out. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, he'll be uh, taking a mental note of that for when he hits unrestricted free agency. After uh, after celebrating his twenty first, I'm not sure he remembers anything about that game. This is true. Yeah, the, the that, that is that is a real that is a real, but that's a real South Beach flu that he had. They they throw that around a lot, but him celebrating his twenty first birthday on South Beach, who boy, he had no chance. So, yeah, wasn't he rocking a dolphin shirt? He was yeah. rocking a dolphin shirt. Like who who's leading that kid astray? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> save himself yeah. from decades of misery. The Cowboys are right there. They've been moderately successful. Listen, um, I really want to touch on something that I found really interesting, kind of pivoting back to Kelly. Uh, this little bench lineup that they put out of Jay Crowder, Kelly, Duncan, Goron, and Andre they played 50 minutes together. They're plus 53 net, 148 offensive rating, 94 defensive rating. Offense is obviously, listen, <laughs> not sustainable. Um, the defensive rating there is what I look at. And the fact that those guys are able to defend at a high level, um, all plus defenders except Duncan. Uh, Kelly's like a neutral defender. I don't think Kelly's been – I think Kelly had a really rough stretch early, but I think for the majority of his Heat career, he hasn't really been an issue on that end that like he has this season. Um, that lineup is defending. That lineup is space. That lineup plays fun. That lineup plays free. And that's really bought Bam and Jimmy a lot of rest. 
which I think is key. I know that we were talking about the lineups and the numbers that they look at when Jimmy and Bam sit and they were bleeding points during those minutes. They were minus a lot when those guys sat and they were plus a lot when those guys played. Um, and they found a way to give those guys rest and to get them more minutes together, which I think is really key. And I think that's something we don't really talk about a lot when we kind of <laughs> people on Twitter really like to critique Spose lineups, but they're getting their best two players more minutes together and they found a unit that can give them a breather and allow that. And I think that's huge going forward. Yeah, well, and also because particularly when the playoffs come, they're going to be playing eight guys and they're probably not going to need to do that. No Jimmy, no Bam thing as much. Obviously, I don't think Spoh's going to go to that on the road in a playoff game. So it's nice that now they can at least weather the storm enough to keep those guys at a manageable uh, pace minute-wise, but also give them as much time together as possible and not bleed out when you have them both off the floor. But I don't. And you just ultimately, when they get to the playoffs, that's not. It's gonna be a non-issue. So, do you think that this is gonna kind of squeeze Derek out of the rotation a little bit? So, there's Myers is still not back, and I don't know what his role is gonna be coming forward, uh, going forward, coming back. And Tyler's, I don't know if how much Tyler's gonna be affected by, by the Andre minutes. Uh, but those, these, these Kelly minutes, he's playing very, very well. And that has to come somewhere. Is that more, you guys think that's more of a Myers thing or is this Derek going to get squeezed out a little bit who struggled? I think, I think Derek is more likely to get squeezed out. I mean, depending on uh, Myers and, and the injury and, you know, if he's, you know, how fragile he is coming back. But you no, know, I, I still think they, they plug Myers back into the that's starting That's pretty lineup. surprising. Cause I don't think we would have said that to start the year. No way. And I, I don't know if I necessarily agree. I think that Myers could end up becoming situational based on matchups and if they need size and if they're getting out rebounded. Um, I just, I don't know, gut feeling says that Kelly Olenek figures it out at some point. Um, and I mean, it's looked like that recently, but I think that we'll, we're going to see more of that. And just with Derek Jones Jr. being able to switch and, and guard guys, you know, up top, some of those guards and stuff that they're able to put him on. I think that in the playoffs, they're going to find ways to use him more than maybe they will Myers, unless we draw a team that has, you know, the kind of size where you have to have them on the court, like a Philly four or five matchup, obviously le- leans into Myers Leonard more than if they were to jump up to three. I mean, Myers is a better shooter though. That's is true. He? Well, I mean, Kelly. You, Kelly's shooting I could be wrong. Kelly. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't. I don't year. disagree. I mean, could go either way. But you know, <laughs> I think that you know, I mean, Myers has been. I mean, they're the same from 40, three. Both at forty-two really? percent. Oh, DJJ got that much. Better? Oh no, no, no. I was talking about Kelly. I'm sorry. Oh no, 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 no. No, I'm. Ta- I was talking about. Uh, oh, okay, uh, okay. Derek Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Derek's um, still in the twenties. Yeah, yeah. And and what's Myers at? Forty-three. Yeah, For, I mean, Kelly that's... and Myers are identical. I mean, I think um, Derek is at twenty-seven, so pretty pretty consistent throughout the whole year. One dude that you don't have to worry about if they're going to be plugged back in the rotation or not is Tyler Hero because his ass is going to play, and that mm-hmm. is the end of that. Yeah. Kendrick Nunn, you know, you saw some of the things that he does with his pull-up game against Milwaukee that worked particularly early. Um, Tyler Hero is going to be another guy that they're going to need to do some of that. Obviously, in the playoffs, can't do it every night, but they're going to need a game or two from him where he's getting it going and uh, and kind of you know kind of being a magnet for for hitting those big shots and stuff like that. See, like I kind of think that Kendrick is going to be a little bit more important in the playoffs because I think his ability to shoot those little pull up jumpers that's what a lot of good defenses are going to be giving Miami. And the fact that he's unafraid to take them and he's been 
pretty consistent at hitting them. I think that's going to be pretty big going forward. And it'll raise his trade value for the draft night. <laughs> I, I've who was it that said it? Somebody said recently that that they don't see them him in their future. Yeah, well, I, I, just the only thing that it's been made pretty clear is that he he's the one guy. If they got to pick one of the the young core that they're going to part with, he's the guy that they would be most apt to do that. Duncan Robinson is, you know, they're not really interested in that just because yeah, he's untouchable. He I was seeing right. Yeah, I think Ethan said that, and I, yeah, I've Ethan I've heard similar, maybe not as strong of a, um, you know, like a definitive stance on that. But I just feel like he's one of those guys that's indispensable with what he brings, and he has no signs of regressing at all. We joke about the Jay Crowder regression, but Duncan Robinson is here to stay. I mean, Spo thinks he's probably the best shooter on planet Earth, and uh, they're listening to Spo at this point when they're when they're making roster decisions. Which is really encouraging. <laughs> Um, but I mean, they've always been that way. They've always been a very democratic voting in their well, decision making. And, and they please love don't Keith, start they, talking about politics. And I, that's like no. the, heat, the heat of the no, democracy they, between they, Mickey and Nick and Pat they, and all that. Spo. They Y'all love Riles, they love, they, uh, switched his political affiliation. I did. Pat, yeah. Pat, the Democrat. Who would have ever thought after being in the White House, shaking Bush's hand and saying, I voted for him. Look how far we've come, Pat. Yeah, Bloomberg, like, is it really Democrat? But anyway. Do you remember uh, that, Leif? Do you remember Pat doing that? Yes. These are things that we try to block out. Wide-eyed teenager me, dude. Why do you think I meditate every morning? Let's just (laughs) move on. Stick to anime, G. Let Um, me tell you something. Hold on, wait. I want to have a, like, we haven't done a a random heat beat aside in a while. Leif, I had to, uh, I I don't know, I passed a kidney stone yesterday, and it was (laughs) horrible. And I legit had to meditate to try to block out the pain. And it kind of worked. For like a little bit yeah that's not out. really what it's meant to do so i i don't know that you were kind of using the wrong tool for the job there but um it, and listen, i've never i've never passed a kidney stone so i, I bought have no myself point of three minutes i bought myself three minutes of pain by finding that stillness stillness of mind my breathing <laughs> let me tell you yeah it's all bullshit when you start pissing fire right oh my god the blood was everywhere <laughs> oh jesus christ write that's that not, down brian write that down brian my bowel movement uh, kidneys don't suck. Brassy, we were past one. No, <laughs> they're awful. It was like it was like when the Heat were losing to Minnesota. That's what it felt like. It that's what it felt like watching Scum's Wish at one time. <laughs> was that. nine and eight like passing a kidney stone? Yes, of the world was collapsing on us. Nine and eight. That's a, you know what? That's a good idea. Whatever whatever you felt watching nine and eight is what I felt <laughs> passing the kidney stone yesterday. The bump gate, everything. The loss to Chicago at home. Oh, that sucked. See, you think of the I think of the loss to Oklahoma City because I remember how mad they were that Dwayne punched like the little um where the where the, the that holds up the, the hoop. Dwayne oh, yeah. got a no call and he just fucking banged the shit out of it in frustration. And that's to me was the moment of like, uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> like he's bad. Should I be concerned? It's okay, they won championships. But going back to to uh, Duncan for a second, I mean they, this organization does love to keep the in-house guys close, the guys that they really built up. Do they? Uh, well, well, I I mean, kind of recently. I mean, hopefully this doesn't end in a poison pill contract. Like <laughs> one Papa of them, one of them ended up getting traded for Jay Crowder to Godala. The other one got traded for Jimmy Butler. So, yeah, but no, historically they tend to keep guys, and um, just that that's how it's always been, at least in. It, 
in the recent, more recent Riley era, uh, these guys that they, sometimes they get attached to them to a fault and people want yep. them to go a lot longer, you know, a lot sooner than they actually end up going. So I think Duncan Robinson will end up getting paid. Um, I think they'll actually get him at a discount, honestly. Um, well, and and I know that that sounds crazy. The, probably a lot of people are going to uh, not agree with me there. That, that could be what they're banking on. They're going to be able to uh, figure that out it, in it 2021. Could, yeah, it could be what they're banking on, though. Keeping them, keeping them close and go, listen, man, we, we made you. <laughs> I've heard that said about DJJ as well, that he really appreciates what the institution and what the infrastructure of the organization has done for him that he might be willing to take a discount. I think that was Ethan that said that as well. Yeah, no, uh, I've talked to a source close to DJJ and he, he wants nothing to do with being anywhere but Miami. Like he really wants to get that done. I, I think he's going to definitely work with the organization. How much so, you know, well, there's always the Knicks out there, out, you know, offering $18 million a year contracts. Yeah. And he's, and don't discount his, he is so tight with Bam. Yep. That's his best friend on the team. Yeah. That's actually kind of surprising. Derek's a really quiet guy. I know that Alex has talked that Derek's always cracking jokes in the locker room, but like he's he's very soft spoken. If you ever talk to him, it's almost like he keeps kind of keeps to himself. He seems like a cool guy, but and Bam's kind of the the more outgoing one in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Which is really yeah. You funny. want to hear some cool shit? I do. I I'm heard that um that there's strong indications that they may be adding uh, dunking to the Olympics in 2024 really like a, yep. like an olympic dunk contest correct oh and, wait, what um, shit that would yeah, no you heard it here first and um wait like no like this is like no joke like you're being serious right now no, yeah i'm being serious like they and they the olympic committee is becoming consi- a, a, it would become an olympic sport wow what's the okay if this were to happen what's the most high profile guy that you think would do it i think you would get the best I, I and i think zion would be the guy um, yeah. that, would LeBron do it? Would this would this no. be what it takes a gold to get medal? A gold medal? No. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. That'd be pretty. Uh, wait, Jaw whoa, would do hold it? on. You said twenty twenty four. Is that do is I? That have, what you, is that what you said? Four yeah, years from now? Yeah, LeBron will still be playing. Le- yeah, no, I had. I was he making sure I wasn't going doing a fucking dunk years. contest. Yeah. Four years 20, from now, he'll be twenty five seven and seven in four years. Book it. Yeah, in fifty, he's good for that. Yeah. Yeah, I got Vince Carter in that competition. <laughs> <laughs> he can still dunk, man. That'd be great. He still gets up. Um, I Miami's schedule going forward is kind of weird. So they play the Bucks. They have a lot of really th- this next stretch. They have like five really not great teams in the Pelicans. Um, and if they lose to the Pelicans on the road, that's fine. They have like Chicago, uh, the Hornets stuff like that going forward. So like if they kind of go five and one in their in this little stretch before they play the bucks again, I think they're looking good. They're three back of the Celtics for the third spot. I don't really think that that's might be feasible at this point. Um, I think that Miami should really just focus on getting healthy. I know that um, five reasons reported that Tyler hero may be out until longer than expected, which is yeah. a little concerning. I would operate as if Tyler hero is not going to play until like maybe 10 games or so before the playoffs start like that. That's if I had to estimate, that's, they're going to, they're going to be so careful because it's a foot. It's a foot that has been sore after they've worked on it. And then on top of that, they just, they cannot risk Tyler hero having any long-term injuries mm-hmm. one, because he's an integral part of what they're trying to do Two, Cause Jimmy Butler loves his ass. And three, 
you know, just as a, as a sheer asset, they have to be responsible. Um, so I, I think that they're going to be really careful with him going forward. So going forward, that he'd have the Magic, the Pelicans, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Knicks, the Bulls, and then the Bucks. I think five and one in that stretch is reasonable. They're going for the three seed. You have Listen, the Bucks I, I, on the road, and then after that, you have the Bulls, the Pacers, the Thunder, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Hornets, the Celtics, the Pistons, the Knicks. The Pacers, Pistons. Celtics. Oh, Pacers twice. They've already beat the Pacers twice. That's never going to be – they're not going to sweep the Pacers. So those oh. games are not going to go good. Hornets well, and Raptors. So essentially like the really difficult games that you're looking at, you're looking at Milwaukee on the road, the mm-hmm. Thunder at home, the Nuggets at home, uh, the Pacers twice, the Celtics twice. And that's it. And that's and, it. And that's that's the Raptors No, 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 no. at home. Um yeah, so okay. So Actually, you know, like we're joking, but like by that the last game of the season, the the seeding between the Raptors and whoever might be cemented and that might be yeah. a game that Miami they, could sit, get. they sit a bunch of guys. So You're right. Maybe. Um but that Celtic game two game that, that's gonna be something that the Celtics are gonna be playing for something. Um, I they, still I just listen, the Celtics are really good. Um I mean Jason Tatum's been just out of his mind lately. Uh Kemba still he's still hurt, right? <laughs> Yes. I don't even know. Uh, I, I, I I mean I haven't I admit I haven't really watched. Him I, think, I think he's back now. Lately. I think he comes oh, he back, back next now? game, wasn't it? Okay. Um, Did they play yesterday? So they're really good, but I still don't really know how this Heat team is going to match up with them. Um, just because it's that second out of the. I mean, two games so far with uh, second Kemba, out of the. Kemba's playing right now. And only and only one game with Spo. So. You know, yeah, it's, an, it's another one of those cases. You don't know, please me at all. <laughs> Oh no, I'm not. I'm by no means excited about those matchups, but you know, I still think we can we can, you know, win one or or people, possibly two. People of those. on Twitter were saying that oh, like the the Bucks matchup is more favorable for Miami. And Leif and I were talking like it's very nice and good that the Heat are able to really compete with them and bother them in the regular season. But as as fans that watch the Big Three, I think we know pretty clearly that Chicago kicked Miami's ass in the regular season. And they came out like gangbusters in one and five. The Celtics did the same, Heat and five, and the and the Nets did the same. Was that Heat and four or Heat and five? I don't remember. It was no, not five. a competitive that, in tw- yeah. twenty fourteen. Yeah, they, yeah, they swept the Heat in the regular season. And yes, then lost and then in Heat five. And five. Yeah, yeah. No, I I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say that they're. I would rather play Milwaukee than Boston in a seven game series. And people weren't that, saying that. People were saying that the matchup was better. Well, and there's elements of the matchup. If you think about it in a seven-game series, you tell Bam, listen, we know you're only going to get 11 points a game this series, but you just follow Giannis around everywhere. And that's his primary job. You got to hope Jimmy steps up. I feel like you can plug holes in other spots. And, and it's an interesting matchup that um, obviously we've seen can go in Miami's favor. Um, but I wouldn't go as far as to say I'd rather like aim for that series than to take on Boston because – like this whole conversation with Crowder and DJJ and Iggy and these different wings that we have, I think that that's going to play into seeing a different result against Boston than maybe we've seen previously. Obviously, the matchups aren't perfect, but also, um, I, I don't know. There, there's just a part of you don't want to have to match up against Giannis for seven games, and you, they're not the big three because they don't have a Dwayne and they don't have a CB at all, but. Uh, but you don't want Giannis. If you can avoid him, you avoid him. You I just, I, I just, I worry just how just tired, fucking tired they're going to be a couple games into that series. 
It's exhausting. Like, that game was exhausting to watch. I know. For both teams, to be honest, because the Bucks play, like, really, really, really hard. I mean, they could, I mean, Miami couldn't make anything happen on the inside. And, I mean, that's just how their de- how the every defense is. Like right, but, but, but that's, uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, the Bucks they're kind of relying on just the other team has to make outside shots so they're going to win. And Miami did that. Like gangbusters. Yeah, so I the thought Heat it was is a team that could get hot. They could, yeah. you know, we've seen so, it. So in terms of in terms of outside shooting, I guess you could make the argument that the, the you know they met, do match up better than a lot of teams in the league. But man, oh god, that's going to be an exhausting. So two things on that. So one of the things is um, stuff in the inside. The playoffs are going to kind of hold the whistle like they did last night. And something I've been really concerned about is what their offense looks like when they're not getting the whistle, because that's been an integral part of this team, especially Jimmy Butler, who's getting to the line like nine times a game, which is just fucking huge, man. That's, that's superstar stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of like the way that you get points in this league matters and him getting free throws, getting to the line, allowing the defense to get set up. Like that really matters. Last night, he only got to the line four times. Um, And they were still able to leverage really, really good offense out of that. Um, the other thing I was going to say is Sam Van Gundy made a really, really good point uh, last week when during a, during the Bucks game where he said the Bucks may allow a lot of threes, but the best shot in basketball to get is a layup and free throws and followed by three-pointers. The Bucks take away two of those because they don't foul and they don't allow anything at the rim. So their defense takes away two of the three best options. So you're only left with the third best option. So they're they're really disallowing Miami's bread and butter um, by getting to the line and getting 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 to the teeth of the defense. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to shoot that well for an extended period of time in a, in, a, in a playoff series, especially when you start getting tired. But I really like the way that Stan framed that because it's really true. Yeah, except that we beat them twice: once with Jimmy and once without. Once without and, Jimmy on the road, Jimmy's baby. Free throw, Jimmy's free throw attempts are going to go up in the playoffs. It doesn't matter if Milwaukee fouls or doesn't foul. They're going to foul him. And um, so, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that the Heat can claw back two of those three, um, maybe a little bit more than we're giving them credit for in terms of the three things you said that the you know the Bucks take away. It I mean, is funny you, you funny yeah. that you mentioned uh, that Nets team from 2014 because, you know, I, I got a lot of grief up here when I'm, you know, super heat fan and, you know, I live in New York and, and, you know, that, that Boston or the, that the Brooklyn Celtics team was really meant to, to go at Miami. They were, they, they thought they were building the team to beat Miami and <clears throat> having, you know, beaten Miami four and in that season, they were getting so cocky, man. Like, so I, I see that now. I, I mean, I, I <laughs> we're, we're bet we're better than they were. No question uh but yeah as a fan base so i get it's 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 fun to roll with these it's fun to roll and just imagine what could be in the playoffs you know it's you crazy. Never, you never know what's on the other side so i'm looking at these jimmy free throw numbers and obviously getting to the line nine times a game is is elite stuff right there so i kind of wanted to compare it to Dwayne's prime Dwayne didn't have a year under 9.1 in its prime Dwayne was wow. a different what a animal. Machine, what, a, dude. what a great run that was. Man, imagine if he played in this era of spread pick and roll. Like, I, he never really got to play with a shooter like Duncan Robinson. We say that Duncan's Jason Capono's final form. Man, if you said that before the season started. Wink is right. That's insane. 
Wayne Ellington had the best shooting season in a Heat uniform, and Duncan's going to break that. Shatter he's getting, it. He's getting close already, right? No, like, I, I just I just think, I mean, what, what Wayne did was, and I don't want to minimize it. I mean, that was unreal, but the stuff that Duncan's doing, especially off the pass, is just like, he's insane, man. Well, yeah, and, and Wayne did it on, what, a 41-win team or a 40-win team? This that was is... A, yeah. I don't think they made the playoffs yeah. that year that Wayne went off. That was not no, the they... 30 and 11 team. Well, um, and and you know, you know, Duncan is not like a defensive star or anything, but he was nowhere near a defensive liability like Wayne was. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I know Duncan gets picked on sometimes on that end, but he's not he's not their worst defender. I mean, that's no. Goron. Uh, which brings us to our our next point. We we talk a lot about Goron on the show. A lot of it good, a lot of it bad. Most of it about his defense and how bad it's been. For him, that guy's not scared of anybody. And I know that we have all these conversations about him getting picked on and this and that, but I want that guy in a playoff series. And I know it's kind of cliche analysis and it's kind of goes against a lot of the stuff I say, but that guy has balls. That guy's not afraid to make decisions at the end of games. When that guy has the ball and he's going to the rim, he goes with intention. He goes with a plan and in big games, you need that. That guy's been in big games. That guy's been in big games here. That guy was in big games in Phoenix. He buried the Spurs, by the way. When Tim Duncan was still like really, really good, and that team was good, they buried them to go to the conference finals. He's played in the conference finals. Um, I want that guy. I want that guy on the floor. I want that guy on the floor when it matters. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been a huge part of what has worked this season. The way he's embraced his role has been awesome. Obviously, you want him in the playoffs, and then you want him to uh, accept a balloon payment one-year deal so that we can continue to line up for 2021, and then maybe we re-up him uh, so that he can retire with the Heat. But uh, you definitely he, – he's going to get minutes. I think ultimately you'll probably see him in at the end of games over guys like Kendrick and Tyler Hero um, just because of the experience factor, and they're going to want guys they trust. Spo definitely trust Gorn. Well, yeah, I mean, um, so, you know, from a playoff perspective, he's going to be one of those, you know, final five guys. I mean, I, I heard Alex point this off and I saw it last night. Um, like, you know, Gorn's in the third. I mean, and then he's, he, he plays like the entirety of the fourth, you know, which could be why his sort of, you know, clutch numbers go down at the end of games because, I mean, he just gets pretty tired, man, because he's such an aggressive player. I mean, he's out there giving it his all until his body gives out. And so, you know, those minutes that he's getting at the end of games, you know, I'm a little surprised that uh, that's both just. They have no other point guard right now. That's the funny part about it. They, you know, I mean, obviously Jimmy's kind of the guy that, you know, they sold Jimmy on this idea of being the, the, the facilitator and being the, the lead guard, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's worked all season, but you can tell right now that they're definitely one ball handler short one guy who can really get the uh the offense together short so in uh in goran's clutch time minutes the heat are minus 25 net rating Oof. yeah yeah it's yeah. and it's rough like and the and none of their numbers are good like <laughs> surprisingly funny enough the <laughs> the heat's best clutch player do you want to guess who it is um let's go with tyler duncan robinson Okay, brass. Tyler Hero. Huh? Tyler Hero. James Johnson. Oh. Clobbering teams by nine points per 100 possessions in clutch time. 
Doesn't Justice, count. Justice Winslow comes in at number two. 2.5 and Tyler Hero's third at minus 0.6. So basically everyone on the team now is a negative in clutch situations. Uh which is which is pretty interesting. Yeah, clutch numbers are stupid. <laughs> That's the type of analysis I'm That's here a, for. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to get into that because like they the, obviously like this is something that's going to be really important for them in, in, in late in playoff games and uh, the numbers look bad but you know w- once once this stuff starts counting and the sample sizes grow you know it's going to be a little different but they've they've struggled in the clutch and i think particularly jimmy butler um has 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 had his has, has had his lumps he's his shooting percentages are not very good um and and the the, the on off numbers are not good so he's jimmy's played 91 minutes uh, in the clutch, and he's shooting 30%. 17 for 56. With 15 assists and 6 turnovers, right? In the totality of his clutch minutes. He's getting to the line a lot, though, at those, those moments. He has, well, yeah. And I'd be interested to know what his career averages are um, because I have a feeling that we're going to see an uptick that kind of offsets some of what we've seen so far this season. I just think that it's inevitable. And also, um, you know... Th- Jimmy's gone through a lot of stuff. He's had some some shoulder concerns, some obviously off the court stuff that has kind of you know been been put him in a weird spot, you know, random injuries and things like that. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that there's definitely some ascension with Jimmy Butler's clutch minutes, uh, you know, forthcoming. To talk Listen, about your point, he about he, Tyler, he hit a he hit Tyler? a three with like a minute left in the game last night. That was good to see. It, it really was no Progress. that that was I mean, refreshing. There was, there was no pressure whatsoever, <laughs> but Jimmy's it, it was uh, still great three to for see. nineteen in clutch three point scenarios. Uh, Tyler Hero, by the way, shooting fifty three percent from three in the clutch, which is something that they really really miss. Milk in his veins. <laughs> what brand? Publix. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most inside joke we've ever oh told in this God. show. <laughs> um. Their rebounding numbers in the clutch are not very good. They're in the 20s, um, despite them being a very, very good rebounding team. And that's been, like, one of the, the, the issues that I've been, like, concerned with going forward in the playoffs. Like, their rebounding has been largely really, really good. They've been one of the best rebounding teams in the league. However, when they get into clutch situations, the rebounding drops. And part of that is that they go smaller. Part of that is that Derek can get pushed off of spots, especially in late free throw situations. Uh, because you know he's he's a skinny guy, and while he's a leaper, you know it's it's difficult for him to get position without the weight. Um, is that something that you guys are concerned about? Not particularly. <laughs> I, I am a little bit like I I think late they've they've given up a lot of offensive rebounds. Like I think that Atlanta game really stands out as one against the Lakers. It stood out. Yeah, no, I mean there's there's always going to be the potential for teams to pick on them with certain guys on the court. Um, I th- I've been really surprised at the way Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero actually have rebounded throughout the season. I just feel like as the rotation shrinks, as the season progresses, and then they get into playoff mode, that some of these things, if you got Bam on the floor for 39 minutes and then you're, you know, you're spotting in some of these other bigs here and there, Jimmy, you know, tends to rebound up. Um, I, I just, I, I don't necessarily think that it'll be you know, a crippling factor, even though the numbers suggest that maybe it should be something we're concerned about. Perhaps. I mean, I'm not, it's, it's a, it's another home and away kind of thing. You know, when the away games is when they have the issue of shooting down the stretch. It's a good um, point. So they're yeah, the 24th do- rebounding team in the clutch. And despite being the second, not in, in the not clutch. 
but it, it probably doesn't show the difference between like home and away because I, mm, I, I, I would feel see. like the, the difference would probably be pretty stark. Let's see what I can filter, baby. We can just um, look at their home record and then we don't need to even deliberate <laughs> yeah, on this. That's right. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. That's why home court is so yeah. damn important and they have to get it. Um, Kendrick particularly last night. in the three seed. I Kendrick can filter home and away, Brass. Let's see what the heat really? clutch rebounding is at it's... home versus away. This is exciting. This is... The Heat are the 18th clutch rebounding team, so not very good. See, so that doesn't necessarily mean it translates to wins or losses. Uh, right. Well, I mean, they're better. They're a better rebounding team at home than on the road. It's just kind of weird, right? You would think that that wouldn't matter. Uh, on the road, they are the 25th worst rebounding team. My my overall point is they don't miss the shots as much. No, they don't <laughs> at home. So <laughs> away they do. And then so by yeah, if, if they're not getting the offensive rebounds, then they're pretty screwed at the end of games, and it slips away. Um, last night, um, you know, none was pretty surprising on the board. So, but you liked. I mean, that's a guy he that had, he had eight, eight rebounds Phil last night. I think Phil he averages like well. two and a half or something like that. You know, it was, it was, yeah, how about Ko almost got a triple double in what twenty minutes the other again, night? Again, because he almost had one the other day too. Yeah, that, that's what I was actually thinking of initially. Um, did he get close last night? I didn't look at that. I don't. Nope. I don't think he got close not even last close. Night, he played eleven. Day. He played eleven minutes last night. Five fouls though. Five personal fouls in eleven minutes. <laughs> Proud of him. That's guts right there. <laughs> <laughs> we get out of there. That was that was good. Actually, you know what? I, I do want to talk one more thing before we go because I did want to mention this. Um, this race for four, I think, is a lot more important than people think. Philly is, I think, pretty much a lock for that matchup, right? The 4-5 is probably going to be Heat, Heat Sixers, barring a miracle, or unless the Heat can rip off double-digit win streak and get into third or second. Um, if that's the case, Miami really, really needs that home seed, not just because their road struggles are so pronounced. Philly is a really, really bad road team, and they're an elite home team. So this is a series that might just come down to every team wins on their home court until game seven. Very, very likely. Even though Miami's gone into Philadelphia and won, um, it's important that they get that home seed. Like That's going to really matter because both those teams struggle on the road so much. Well, and another really important factor is is we're going to be able to start to determine whether we'd rather have Joel Embiid or Bradley Beal. Mm. You know, it's, I'm going to get slandered for saying this. Oh, boy. I'd rather have Bradley Beal. I know Joel's a better player. I, I don't think you're getting slandered. There's a lot I don't trust team. about him. And I think, it's fair to, I think it's fair to question. I think it's fair to question his health. I think I'm fair to question his ability to stay fit i think his ability to care i think that's been a come into question a lot whether fully engaged joel and beat it feels a very hassan whitesidey when people are talking Ooh. about engage i've heard eight. i've heard from from people that i really respect in the basketball analytical community like zach lowe saying well when you have a fully engaged joel and beat and it reminded me of language mm. that we used to say about hassan we used to say yeah yeah when we get engaged hassan you know what i mean and it's like well I don't, I don't really like to. I don't really like when we have to, um, to preface something by saying that. Bradley Beal, it is. I listen, feel me, baby.
he's born for that. Like, okay, listen. Like fucking hold my balls out on the court. This is some bull. Like, hold on, wait. He, he's some Eddie House shit. Like Tyler Hero is gonna do some Eddie House shit, but like with actual skill and like polish. Okay, I, wait a second, guys. I I, I started recording again. I, I want to add a little bit to the end of this podcast because. <laughs> We I stopped recording and we got into a, a conversation about who the hell is the Heat third best player is because I made an allegation that if Norman Powell was on the Heat, he would be their third best player because he's averaging 16 points a game on 40% three-point shooting, 58% from two. He's an 82% free throw shooter, 16 points a game in 28 minutes. He's been like really, really, really good. And we were that got us into a debate. Leif's like, no way he would be their third best player. And then I go, well, who's the, who's the Heat's third best player? And we kind of going through the list and we're like, is it Goron? And I'm like, I think it's Duncan. And then now we're throwing Tyler into the mix and then Leif mentioned Kendrick Nunn. No, but like Tyler is the playoff. He'll be the best, the third best guy in the playoffs. Would I know he, he's not that for the season, but I think Goran it, might it is be. a debatable thing with Kendrick and, and Goran Dragic. I just don't know that Duncan Robinson can be the third best. He's the third most important, but he's not the third best. He's at, you know, 12.7 points per game. Are we doing that? But, but like what he does offensively and like what they use him for, especially like as a decoy and like just the way that the shooting opens up the floor for everybody. No, that's true. I guess uh, maybe I shouldn't be confusing important with best. And Is it Jay Crowder? Be- right now it might be. <laughs> did, did Jay Crowder swoop in and become the third best player on this team? It was supposed to be Justice. <laughs> it was, but he's not here and it's not Andre. That's well, for we sure. We didn't even talk about Andre today. He was playing great yesterday, hey. man. He They're played, saving him for the playoffs. He played good. He's getting his sea legs under him. I think that's clear that yet yesterday was his best game of the season, especially defensively. Like he, he's kind of getting there. Um, so who's who's your vote for for third best player? I'm with Duncan, man. I'm Duncan all the way. I'm Duncan with Jay Crowder on his heels. I'm going Dragic. I'm going Goran. I'd see that they're four points. It's like three points worse with Goran on the floor, and a lot of that's defensively. So that's kind of where I I kind of hold a little bit on Goran because a lot of their defensive problems are on him. Despite me loving him and I fawned over him, but like I don't think that you could be your fourth best player, your third best player when you're leaking points. I look at data all day, so I'm not looking at any spreadsheets or any you're looking at statistics culture. when I tell you that Goran Dragic has been their third best player this season. Pump that sunshine! Oh, yes. Play, uh, Brass, who you got? Uh, just because you uh, – yeah, I'll, cho- I'll choose none just to make it interesting. <laughs> Wait, no, come on. No, even, I, wait, no, 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 no. Best player. On what well, planet? He's not even their best rookie. Wow. Well, we all know. Oh, whatever. We won't go there. Um, so I what when you first asked that question off off the off air, um, I actually said Goran as well. But I don't know. Two votes Goran, one vote Duncan, no votes. I mean left. you you can I you can make the argument with Duncan just because he's just shooting lights out, but been awesome no, he obviously he's been great but i just there's something man there's something about we're Warren. missing a third best guy that's the that's i think the, i think we just we stumbled identified what we don't need. have a third guy we need a third we don't need a first we don't need Giannis. we need a third guy that they need a third guy and you know what i mean the guy gallinari gala would have been it gabe <laughs> that would have been gabe it. vincent wow riley discovered something. they don't have a third guy I can't believe that we just stumbled onto this. Yeah, they definitely have a bunch of guys tied for four. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect place to have the show. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.